Hi everyone, welcome back to Looking Back at Canadian History with your host, Jackson Isle. Today we'll be looking back into the Halifax Explosion. Halifax was devastated on December 6, 1917 when two ships collided in the city's harbour. One of them a munition ship loaded with explosives bound for the battlefields of the First World War. This was one of the largest human-made explosions prior to the detonation of the first atomic bombs in 1945. The north end of Halifax was wiped out by the blast and nearly 2,000 people died, 9,000 people were injured, and more than 25,000 were left without homes. Halifax was a busy was a busy wartime port city in 1917. The First World War had been underway for three years. After decades of hard economic times, the city, the city was a hub of Canadians' war effort. With one of, the mo- one of the most finest and deepest ice-free harbors in North America, Halifax was the port through which tens of thousands of Canadian British Empire and American troops passed on their way to the battlefields of Europe on the way home, or on the way home. The, Canadi- the city's population was nearly 50,000, was swollen by the influx of troops and by Canadian and British naval o- officials supervising activity in the port. The harbour was not only home to Canada's Royal Navy, but also the base for Royal Navy vessels, merchant ships from around the world needing repair or supply. All this activity boosted the economy, economy made jobs easier and gave to get and gave the small city a spark, which the residents has not experienced in decades. Civil civilian migrants arrived in search of available work at the dockyards, rail yards, or other factories. Women also took up paid jobs once filled by men who were now at war. Soldiers and sailors filled the streets. Despite its honors in Europe, the war created wealth and opportunity for many Halifax, many in Halifax, but also boosted demand for bootleg liquor. Upsetting the Victorian models and sensibles, many Hulgarians still harbored. The email was departing, departing the harbour on the morning of December 6, 1917. It had emerged from the Bedford Basin, which was travelling through south, through the south of the Narrows, the harbour's tightest navigation section. Moving on eastern, Dartmouth side of the Chanel instead of the Halifax side to the west, where outgoing vessels normally travelled. Emo's path required incoming ships to pass to its right or starboard side, rather than to its left or port side, which was customary. This had experienced local local harbor pilot on board, William Hayes, who knew the, the navigation rules of the harbor. However, earlier encounters that morning with two inbound vessels moving towards Bedford Basin both of which had passed state board to state board, resulting in the unusual positions that Emo now occupied too far to the east of the wrong side of the Narrows. This had arrived outside of Halifax the previous day and anchored overnight at the mouth of the harbor. On morning December 6th, the ship was cleared by harbor authorities to proceed 
toward Bedford Basin. Despite, despite the Mont Blanc, Blanc's dangerous cargo, there was no special protocol for this passage of munition ships in the harbor. Other ships, such as the Emo, were not ordered to hold their positions that morning until the Mont Blanc had a safe passage through the port. After a series of whistles and miscommunication between the officers and the pilots of the two ships and failed to avoid a collision, the Emo struck the starboard bow of the Mont Blanc. After a few moments, the two ships parted, leaving a gash in the Mont Blanc's hull and generating sparks that engated violated grains of dry prick acid stored below its decks. For nearly 20 minutes, of the Mont Blanc burned. The fire the fire kept getting bigger and bigger from pume black smoke into the sky. The speculate attracted the attention of people on shore, including children on the way to school, and drew many residents to the windows and others towards the ship itself in the harbor. The Mont Blanc exploded at 9.04 a.m sending out a shockwave in all directions, followed by a tsunami that washed violently over the Halifax and Dartmouth shores, more than 2.5 square kilometers of Richmond were totally leveled either by the blast or the tsunami or the structure fires caused when buildings clapped inward. Homes, offices, churches, factories, vessels, the railway station, the freight yards, hundreds of people in the area were obliterated. Further from the blast selected shot waves away from the south and west ends of Halifax, where shattered windows and displaced doors were damaged. The blast shattered windows in 200 kilometers away and was heard in Prince Edward Island. The crew of the fishing boat wave working off the coast of Marshalls even claimed to have heard the boom rumbling across the ocean. This was the story of the Halifax explosion. Thank you for listening.